0: The second half of the NBA season is here. We need more insight. And to do so, we will be bringing in Nets beat writer for Newsday. He is Greg Logan. Greg, welcome to one-on-one. Thank you for joining our program.
1: Great to be with you, Andrew.
0: And Greg, let's get right into it. The big news, aside from All-Star Night festivities the Brooklyn Nets, they signed Blake Griffin and the rich just get richer with that move. What was your initial reaction to the move to get Blake Griffin? And how much more do you think that pushes the needle for the Nets moving forward?
1: Well, I think that, uh, you know, the the, beauty, the beautiful part about it is that uh, Griffin realizes that he's no longer in his prime. And so he's very willing to accept a, a supporting cast role at coming off the bench and he's exactly what they need in terms of a power forward and also a guy who can be a small ball uh, center and so he's going to be a, a critical component coming down the uh, road once he gets ramped up and he's, and he's back in shape uh, to play in games and so there, he's not going to play tonight against his former team, the Pistons, uh, but uh, he will be ramped up soon. He said he has no injury problems, no issues like that. It's just that once he began that buyout proceeding with uh, the Pistons, they, they put him on the bench and left him on the shelf. So he hasn't played for a month, uh, but when he does, uh, and, and he's not the dunker that we came to know when he was a six-time all-star. He was a great, great high flyer. Uh, but he's going to play a critical role for them in the offense and, and be just a phenomenal piece off the bench. I mean, when they made the trade for James Harden uh, more than a month ago, they lost a lot of depth. And now it's like the, the Nets have all their depth back. And so uh, Blake Griffin is going to fill a a huge role for them and be an incredibly talented piece off the bench.
2: And just sticking with Griffin, do you feel like that this move moves the needle for the Nets to win an NBA title? Or do you feel like they can make more more moves to add some pieces towards a run? Or do you feel like everyone's in the building and they're just getting set to make a run?
1: Oh, no, I think everyone is in the building. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about every time that somebody else is approaching a buyout or anything like that. Nets are always involved as one of the teams that's been talking about someone like JJ Redick, you know, everybody's been talking about him and they say the nets are involved or the nets are in on PJ Tucker and stuff like that. But I think, I think they've got their roster right now. Uh, you know, Steve Nash said the other day that that uh, he's very comfortable with all the players they have, and uh, you know he would leave all the rest up to the the general manager Sean Marks. But really, I think I think the Nets have an abundance of riches right now, and and as I said, they've kind of restored their depth and also uh, the role players because of the injuries to Durant and so on. You know, they've gotten an extended run where they've really been able to. Uh, get their opportunity at playing time. And they've been able to define themselves and show what they can do. And And they have a very deep roster right now that is fully capable of beating anybody. They, they've they got the best offense in, in the NBA. There's no doubt about that.
0: Now now you mentioned that they have an abundance of talent, but as we've seen, Greg, you can never have too much talent. So I wonder when you think about names like an Andre Drummond, Hassan Whiteside, Biggs, that the Nets were connected to. Blake Griffin doesn't, uh, he doesn't necessarily address that issue. He is a big for uh, a small ball style uh, of offense. But if Sean Marks has the chance and Andre Drummond, Hassan Whiteside's out there, do you think he pulls the trigger on that? Or do you think he's maybe content with what we're seeing from like Nick Claxton? Nick Claxton has become very welcoming back from injury. Do you think he sticks with Claxton as the main big coming off the bench? Or do you think Sean Marks ultimately pulls the trigger on an Andre Drummond uh, deal should he get bought out?
1: That's a fascinating question. (laughs) uh, uh, You know, Andre Drummond, uh, if if he were to get bought out, that is one huge man. And and frankly, uh, he has dominated the Knicks, the the Nets in the past. And and so they might have an interest in him for, for that reason. And that is one big man. And you know, when they look down the road, who do they have to take care of? Uh, they have to face Joel Embiid. And, and Drummond is a guy who could possibly handle him. And yet I just, I have a hard time seeing them going after uh, uh, Drummond down the road uh, just because they've invested so much now and as you mentioned, Nick Claxton has been great off the bench. You know, Nick Claxton, quite frankly, is, is a rarity to me. He's a, a 6'11 guy who, is, who has the mobility and the athleticism to go out and guard small guys on the perimeter and then use his length against them uh, to keep them from getting off out there. And he is, he is an amazing defender. Uh, and then he has ability around the rim as well when they get the ball to him inside. And so I just think, I think they're in a good position where they are now. I don't think there's a lot of pressure to go out and pursue a Drummond or Hassan Whiteside. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a big difference between Drummond and Whiteside too. Whiteside is a little more limited as a player. Drummond can help you at both ends uh so if they did anything i have to believe they would go after drummond but i you know as much as as it might seem to fit the bill i just think it's a little bit of a long shot at this point
2: and kind of now focusing on the current nets team and this amazing run that they've been on of late what do you feel like the most impressive part of this win streak has been for the Nets. Obviously, a lot of it's been without KD. So what do you feel like the most impressive part of it is?
1: Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, first of all, uh, James Harden has been phenomenal uh, ever since the Nets have acquired him. You know, he, in my view, has made a case for uh, MVP. You know, his ball distribution the way he's running the offense and all of that uh, has been phenomenal. And then Steve Nash said the other day that he is vastly underrated as a defensive player. James Harden forces a lot of steals. Uh, He is a big body and he can take on uh, opposing offensive players and, and control them. Uh, so he's played well at the defensive end. He's, you know, I, I, I forget who it was. I think it might have been Bruce Brown, because Bruce Brown has connection with him. Bruce Brown said he might be the best passer he will ever play with. So Harden has done a phenomenal job. And then with, with KD out of the lineup, you know, there's been a, a lot of an abundance of playing time for the supporting cast. And these guys have stepped up and they've used it and they've developed. So the supporting cast has gotten the time it has needed to really develop and to get some chemistry, not only with Harden, but with Kyrie Irving. And so, so the two things are that Harden has kind of taken control of the offense and taken control with his playmaking ability, not his scoring. And, uh, uh, and then the supporting role players have really stepped to the front, and and just the shooting throughout their roster is off the hook. You know, Brad Stevens, the Celtics coach, said it the other night. He said they might be the best shooting team in NBA history. So uh, those two things are critical elements that will uh, help them contend for an NBA title.
0: Here, talking with sports writer Greg Logan. Greg. James Harden often mentions the term scary hours. And what's crazy to me is that there's been such a small sample size with the big three out on the court, KD, Kyrie, and James Harden, yet we're still seeing stretches of dominance offensively. What do you think about this team's ceiling, the the potential for them when everybody is healthy and out there on the floor at the same time?
1: Well, right now it's unknown because the big three have only played together for seven games yep. out of I think 24 since uh, James Harden joined the team so we don't even know uh, what is possible down the road you know and and KD you know he's he's missed the past 10 games so and he's going to miss a lot more because apparently he has to wait until next week to get a scan on his a hamstring and so on and then he has to ramp back up to get back out there so he might only play it's it's conceivable uh he might only play the the last 25 28 games of the season of the regular season uh and but when he gets out there oh my god you know this this team just has so much uh weaponry it's it's unbelievable, and the fa- and they're averaging uh, a league best 121 points per game right now. It might go it might go to 125 or more when yeah. KD comes back. I mean they're that good, and so when you put KD out there, and not only do you have his offense, but he's a good defensive player, and so uh, their margin is going to increase. You know, they're they're just going to be, it's going to be tough to stop them. It's going to be very, very tough. And that's why uh, uh, the way they're kind of set up, the way they're playing right now on defense, all they need is a defensive spurt. They don't have to be great on defense the whole game. Just have the defensive spurt when you need it in the fourth quarter or maybe earlier in the game to gain control of the game. Just get those defensive spurts, and then you're going to take control. And there just is no team that can match their their firepower and their shooting.
2: Yeah, and you were saying how tough and out the Nets will be come postseason time. What do you think the team that may give them the biggest challenge here in the Eastern Conference, or maybe if they make it to the finals in the Western Conference, what team do you feel like can give them the most fits?
1: Well, I think it's absolutely the 76ers. You know, Joel Embiid is just a great player. He's having an MVP caliber season. I know he's injured right now, and so he's going to miss the next couple of weeks. But if he gets back healthy, he's just a handful to try and control. And then you've got Ben Simmons, who is kind of a uh, just a different kind of player as big as he is at the point guard position, uh, you know, he, he makes it, it tough on them too. And so you put those two together and that's a real tough combination to knock out. I mean, the Bucks are good. Uh, I respect Gianna Santacumpo and Chris Middleton, uh, but I just don't think they're on the same level as the 76ers right now in the Eastern Conference. Then you go to the Western Conference, and of course you have to respect the defending champion Lakers, uh, but the whole key there is whether or not Anthony Davis returns and is fully healthy, and so LeBron doesn't have to do it by himself with a sporting cast. So I think they've got a, a hurdle to overcome in terms of Anthony Davis's health. So we'll see how that goes, but right now to me, the 76ers are the the stumbling block toward the Nets winning the uh, NBA title. Greg, Greg, I
0: want to bring this up to you because I think it's a fascinating conversation when you think about the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks. The New York Nets have been competitive. They are in the playoff hunt. And a lot of people believe even if the Nets were to win a title this year, it'll still never be a Nets town. It'll always be a Knicks town here in New York. What do you think about that dynamic, what the Nets are building right now and something that could potentially be dynastic as opposed to the Knicks who are on their way back rebuilding? What do you think about that swing maybe and uh, potentially New York being a quote-unquote a Nets town in the next couple of years?
1: Well, if the Nets win a title, it's going to be hard to say that it's not a Nets town. Uh, at the same time, you know, the Nets uh, several years ago during the Jason Kidd era, to me, that was the most fun team to watch in basketball, and they made two NBA finals, even though they didn't win, and uh, and yet, and they and they just dominated the Knicks during that time when Jason Kidd was playing. They totally. It was total dominance. I was covering the Knicks at that time and they were the most fun team to watch in basketball. And yet in terms of the fan base, you know, the Knicks are the Knicks. They then have a certain kind of uh, dedicated fan base. It goes back a long time. It's passed on from one generation to the next. <laughs> you know, it's tough. It's very tough for the Nets to overcome, but you know, now the Nets are a New York team. They're not New Jersey anymore, and they were New Jersey for a long time. But now they're Brooklyn. So I think they're. I think they have developed a hard core of fans in Brooklyn, whose loyalty is to the borough, quite frankly. And and so there is a growing uh, group of fans who follows them in Brooklyn, and and that ha- and they have been siphoned off so to speak uh from the net from the knicks but uh but still you know it's just it's tough to overcome that knicks dominance i see it on my uh twitter feed i see it you know in newsday's numbers you know the knicks are the team in new york there's there's no doubt about it uh but the team to watch is the Nets because they have by far they have all the players that the Knicks wanted and couldn't get and all these players chose Nets organization uh, because of the way that organization is run and what p- the players within the organization said about how much they enjoyed playing there so I think there's going to be a uh, a, a unique period of time here in the next Uh, five years for the Nets to try and take control of New York from the Knicks. But, you know, they're going against decades of uh, precedent. So it's going to be, it's going to be a tough job, but they definitely are going to be the team in New York to watch for the next five years, at least.
0: Yeah. Just happy to see competitive basketball between both teams in New York. Greg Logan, Nets beat writer for Newsday award-winning sports writer to you out there in the world. Greg, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us here on on one-on-one. Okay. I thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Greg.